This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. In today's show, wrestling fans, we have one piece of viewer mail, which we will go over you. Some thoughts about tonight's episode of Dynamites. A brief celebration of our fifth episode and some thoughts about the show going forward, what you can expect. And as you know, uh, that you'll get every week, we have the words of wisdom and another exciting musical number coming up for you in a bit. Welcome in today to your listening to The Next Pillar, your AEW podcast, uh, where we bring you a balanced blend of entertainment and insight inspired by the latest goings on in all elite wrestling. There's plenty of ways to support the show, and I'm sure you can find them. You can find me on Twitter at Blake on Wax. Find us at all social media at The Next Pillar. And please do uh, send us uh, any thoughts, concerns, or ideas that you have uh, just about the show. Uh, just to our email, nextpillaraw at gmail.com. More on that later, too. Uh, So today, folks, uh, it's our fifth episode, and uh, things are coming into focus about uh, just where we want to take the show. Um, We'll have a new weekly segment that will debut today uh, called AEW From A to Z, uh, where I'll be breaking down literally every aspect of this company, Uh, starting with a special episode next week, You know, typically, uh, you know, I try to keep things around the half hour mark just because I know there's a lot of kind of longer podcasts out there. I'm kind of just trying to keep things uh, pretty short here. Eventually, the show uh, will have a bit of an interview and will be about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, Next week, we'll have a special long episode, though, uh, just debuting this new A to Z segment. Um, I'll actually be giving at least a sentence on every wrestler that is currently on the AEW roster, uh, so don't miss that. We'll just go literally just from A to Z, every single wrestler currently in the company. Uh, and again, we'll be doing that next week. And from there, we'll move on and talk about kind of literally every aspect of AEW. Uh, you know, from the announcers, the talent, uh, the pay-per-views, everything. We'll just go through literally every aspect of AEW. Above all else... For me, I'm wanting this show to feel uh, like a conversation. Uh, There's lots of review shows out there where you kind of just sit and listen to someone review something that you've probably already seen. Uh, I wanted to do something a little bit different with this show, and I'm really wanting each and every show to feel more like a conversation, kind of like we're just kind of hanging out. Uh, You know, maybe you've come over to watch an episode of Dynamite. You know, I've got the grandma pizza in the oven. You got to do the grandma pizza if you haven't tried it. It's really, it's a great way to make pizza at home. Uh, And, uh, you know, here we are. We're just kind of shooting the breeze, so to speak, about 
uh, you know, what's going on with AEW. Uh, so kind of, you know, maybe being a little bit less myopic about the week to week goings on in terms of, you know, what's this angle doing? Like, who is this angle helping? Like, let's talk about this match more of like a general kind of like, you know, what is this company and where is it? Where is it going? And what do we think about it? Kind of dialogue is what I'm wanting to make for the show. Uh, and so to do that, I'm going to need your help. Uh, we had a bit of an issue this week in the, uh, just for the listener mail, uh, actually only had one email for listener mail this week. Uh, we'll be getting to that here in just a bit. Uh, and so, yeah, I am hoping that just more of you folks, uh, can send us, uh, you know, ideas for segments, questions, concerns, anything. Again, that's uh, nextpillarew at gmail.com. And you can find us, uh, you know, on Twitter, nextpillarew, Facebook, Instagram. We're on all those things. You can come come find us and uh, please do email us because to just have this one email here, uh, it is a little bit deflating. I can't lie. Uh, But I did like this email, which is why I wanted to read it on air. Um... It's actually, uh, this was really surprising to me, uh, just that we had one email. And this one email is about Shane McMahon, who I did not really expect to be talking about on air really at all when I started doing this show. Uh, so yeah, here's our, her listener mail uh, of the week here uh, from Rick F. Wait a minute, is that Rick Flair? Did Rick Flair email me? No. It's got a K in it. That's how I know. That's how I know it's not Rick Flair. Because of the K at the end of the Rick. Obviously, that's not how Ric Flair spells his name. Anyway, uh, has some nice things to say about the show. Uh, mentions the music. Uh, we will have some more music later in the show here. And again, we will have... It'll be a thing where when you tune into the show, you know you're going to get some piece of insane audio, whether it's music or a sound collage or who knows. I have some pretty big things in the works. I'm pretty stoked on it. Uh, you know, you'll hear at least one piece of insane audio. You'll hear about kind of the latest big AEW stories. And you'll also kind of hear me just kind of like giving some general thoughts about just the direction that AEW is headed in uh, and its impact on the wrestling world at large. Uh, so anyway, uh, there will be more music later. Uh, Rick F. asks here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what about for Tony's big surprise tonight? What about Shane McMahon? Imagine a better way for Tony to one up Vince McMahon than having his own son come on dynamite and trash the company. Uh, so thanks for sending that in Uh, again from Rick F. Um, I did want to give this a fair amount of consideration just since it's kind of the only email on the docket here. Uh, so yeah, let's just, let's, let's, let's take a minute here to really think about this and, uh, kind of like follow it to its logical conclusion, you know? Um, I remember that day in 2001 uh, when Shane was on Nitro, WCW Nitro. I um, It was before, I got the internet in like 2002. This was like 2001, obviously. Um, but most of my friends at high school had it, including my friend Matt, who also followed wrestling very closely. And so I remember, you know, it was maybe like 5.30 here Pacific time, I got a call from him. Um, on, on the landline, this was back, this was back when your friend wouldn't have a cell phone. So, you know, he, I'm sure had to ask his mom to use the phone to call me and tell me this, uh, just that at that point, and he knew this, I was watching, uh, I was watching WCW much in the same way that I like currently watch WWE, which is like, 
I kind of just pay attention to the pay-per-view each month and maybe I'll tune in if there's a match that I'm interested in on the weekly shows. Uh, that's kind of how I was with WCW. And so when my friend Matt said, Hey man, so, uh, cause this is on, I'm going into more details than you folks need, but, uh, he would often let me know just since he actually had the internet and could see what was happening on Nitro. He would often let me know, you know, when I should watch Nitro, when he knew there would be something I would be interested in. Uh, and so obviously, you know, Shane McMahon leading off that broadcast was one of those things that he called me about. And I remember just how surreal that was. Cause at that point, I think all of us as wrestling fans, like we knew that WCW, uh, that things were not good. I think at that time, it really was inconceivable, uh, to at least most people that I knew, most people I was reading, uh, just the idea that WCW would be no more and the WWE would be the only game in town. That's something that, um, seemed inconceivable at that time. And so to see Shane McMahon, you know, again, on Nitro was surreal, I think seeing Shane McMahon in, you know, 21 years later showing up on Dynamite, I think that would be even more surreal and would really be a pretty crazy moment. Um, so obviously, you know, would it, would it make a splash bringing, you know, Shane McMahon on Dynamite? Absolutely. Of course it was. It would pop a rating. It would kind of, it would make them the talk of the industry for a week. Uh, but you know, would it really lead to anything that worthwhile, you know? So let's just say, like, you tune into Dynamite. It turns out that Tony's big announcement is Shane McMahon. Let's just, for the sake of this argument, let's just say they never said the thing about the face of the revolution ladder match situation. Let's just say that Shane McMahon actually does, uh, you know, just show up on Dynamite. Um, You know that JR would have that, like, Simba reference at the ready like you know you know (laughs) he's been waiting to use that reference that Simba analogy one more time um so let's say that yeah Shane comes out you know he does a promo um you know in the past when people leave the WWE and do these promos it's kind of like a hey you know why weren't they using me in the right way kind of thing uh it would be a little odd just I'm not really sure what Shane's like gripe would be like hey, guys, my dad would let me win the Royal Rumble kind of situation. Uh, it really wouldn't have these the same kind of gravity to it that, like, you know, a Keith Lee would saying, you know, how could this company misuse me? Um, but I'm sure that Shane would have any number of, you know, incendiary things to say about his, uh, you know, his family members, his experience in WWE. Um, it could make for uh, an entertaining segment. I'm just really not sure where they would go from there. Uh, is the thing. Um, so you have that one just like insane moment of, you know, Shane McMahon on AEW Dynamite. Um, you know, it would pop a rating. It would get everybody talking. But then what happens next? You know, um, the Dan Lamberts of the world really are kind of like the exception to the rule when it comes to like a mouthpiece actually being able to get a wrestler over. I don't think that, you know, because obviously they're not given the fact that this company focuses so much on the word wrestling, they're not going to have a 53-year-old Shane McMahon be wrestling. It's obvious that they would have him in one of these kind of like mentor slash manager roles. Um, The deal is, is that like a guy like Dan Lambert, even if you think Dan Lambert's annoying and you, you know, you show up at every dynamite in your town just to boo him. um, 
there is a Dan, part of why Dan Lambert has been beneficial to like Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page um, is that even the people in the audience that kind of like, you know, like booing Dan Lambert still have this kind of like begrudging respect for him where you look at his like his record of success in MMA and you'll look at his like love of like old school classic pro wrestling and you'll say, you know, even if you think he's annoying, well, this guy this guy does seem to know like how to pick a decent fighter. You know, he gives some credibility. Uh, Shane McMahon. I don't really think Shane McMahon gives anybody credibility. Frankly, I don't think he would have the same effect. Um, I'm not really even sure what you would have him do. I guess like the, my initial thought would just be that he would kind of be like an avatar for WWE and would kind of like, like maybe he could, you know, do a promo where he makes fun of someone who got cut and kind of have it be like a, this is why you didn't succeed kind of dynamic thing. Um, that in and of itself sounds like a WWE idea though, which is, I, this is kind of what I'm saying where, okay, so you bring in Shane McMahon. It's a huge moment. It's a crazy moment in wrestling history. Obviously. Uh, I really don't think it would really take you anywhere. Uh, and I think if you follow, again, just follow this to its logical conclusion, I, I just don't really think that there's much there, folks. Um, so what do I think about Shane McMahon being Tony's surprise? Well, number one, I don't think that that's what's going to happen. And number two, I really wouldn't be that interested beyond that episode of Dynamite. Um, so there you have it. Thoughts on Shane McMahon, which is just... When I started doing this AEW podcast, you know, now a little bit over a month ago, I would have never expected to be talking about Shane McMahon, but that was the email this week. So thank you, Rick. I hope that answers your question. And, um, yeah, thanks again for the kind words about the music. We'll, we'll have some more for you. How about right now? MJF, 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 that was in the style of the acapellas if you didn't get the reference um <laughs> Uh, MJF mentioned uh, being in an acapella group called the Acapellas, and uh, I just thought it would be interesting to hear what it would sound like to have them uh, do his own theme music uh, in celebration of uh, his uh, great victory last week, which uh, I had some folks kind of ask me, you know, like, what did you think after I... Uh, I set the expectations pretty high for that match and I did kind of like paint myself in a corner somewhat saying like this match needs to be great and it needs to be like very clearly uh, a moment of CM Punk is CM Punk again and MJF is kind of like the new heir apparent. Um, That match absolutely did that and I do think that this feud is going to continue but I think uh, 
you know, even if they changed plans and didn't keep the feud going, uh, that match was enough to accomplish what I was talking about in terms of, uh, those rare moments that can make two people stars. Uh, it's, it's novel. It's rare. It doesn't come along that often. Uh, similar, uh, hello fresh, a deal like this doesn't come along, uh, very often. Uh, what is hello fresh? Well, with hello fresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store. I know I hate going to the grocery store these days. And uh, count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Um, with HelloFresh, uh, you can cut back on the time that you spend in the kitchen so that you can spend it uh, on any other New Year's resolutions you might have, like getting in the gym or uh, doing daily affirmations or, um, I don't know, maybe you want to get really good at playing checkers. I don't know. Uh, regardless of what's going on, you'll have more time to do that. And uh, don't forget to dessert. Satisfy your sweet tooth with seasonal limited-time goodies like Dunkaroos, cookie dough, or vanilla delight cheesecake with your meal kits. Uh, you know, For me, HelloFresh uh, you know, helps me uh, cut down on time um, as I'm, you know, I'm balancing various aspects of life. Uh, my wife and I are starting a little business here in the area where we're uh, going to be starting a piano school uh, with a focus on uh, kind of like differentiated instruction for neurodiverse children. So, you know, kids who, uh, you know, may have not had as much success with other kinds of piano lessons. Um, in any case, uh, HelloFresh has been great for me to, to kind of like balance these different things that I'm working on. Um, when there's some days that, you know, like today where I have to record a podcast, uh, don't have time for dinner. Um, so that's been great. Uh, please go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use that code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Um, again, that's HelloFresh.com slash VOW16, and you use code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. So tonight's episode of uh, Dynamite, uh, you know, kind of like headlined by this big announcement of Tony Khan. And uh, a great title match, uh, should be a great title match with uh, Lance Archer and um, uh, Adam Page, Hangman Adam Page, which I have heard a couple people, they think I don't talk about Hangman enough. Uh, I hear you. I will uh, try to try to spotlight the Hangman a bit more. Um, so, look, you guys kind of have access to the same information that I do. Um Tony's big announcement tonight. Um, you know, there are some tales here, uh, some tells here, just that, uh, you know, he does have this little graphic here that says, uh, you know, that this is uh, this same person will be have this match here with Isaiah Cassidy to determine, uh, you know, who gets into this face of the revolution um, match. Um, I think it's really funny uh, just how many people on the Internet will look at this graphic and you can see it. You can go on Twitter. You can see this. There's guys out here being like, well, this green guy kind of looks like Karrion Cross. He's like bald and bad. But like, it's th that's not what's going on, guys. Like, they obviously just made a random 
green guy for this graphic. Maybe they grabbed Christopher Daniels in the hallway and made him be the person for the graphic because it kind of does look like him if you look at it. Uh, but the point is, eh, you, we don't got to be taking things so literally. We don't need to be like uh, like this is the Zapruder film or something like that, trying to figure out who this is. Um, it's probably Keith Lee, though. Uh, you know, everything I've read, I'm sure everything you all read as well, seems to indicate that the smart money is on Keith Lee. Um, I would say, you know, it's probably even gotten to the point where it kind of feels obvious uh, that it's, it's Keith Lee. And so that WWE brain uh, does start to wonder, uh, is this too obvious? You know, do we need to maybe like do a little bit of a swerve here? Um, that's what the WWE brains would say. Uh, you know, I think for me, if this is Keith Lee and it feels obvious that it's Keith Lee, uh, it can still be a nice moment for the company, uh, frankly. Um, you know, I could see in Tony's mind, um, you know, having a Keith Lee signing and promoting it as a major moment for the company uh, could be a way to respond to some of the diversity concerns that have come up, you know, through the community. Uh, just that AEW, you know, maybe hasn't been the best at, you know, providing equal opportunity to, uh, you know, wrestlers who are people of color. Um, and so I could, you know, uh, kind of like putting myself in, you know, Tony's mind, just from what I know of him, I could see from his perspective that he thinks that that could be a good way to respond to some of those concerns. Uh, you know, it certainly fits, um, you know, treating a Keith Lee debut in the same way as you would treat a punk Brian Danielson, Adam Cole debut. Uh, you know, it certainly fits his MO of doing something like, uh, you know, hey, watch me use this guy better than you did, who you just let leave for nothing kind of thing. We've seen AEW do this many times before. Um, you know, I expect if it is Keith Lee, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will be disappointed and will they will make that known, you know, as we've seen in the past. Um, it's also... It probably won't matter very much if people are disappointed, frankly. Uh, and I think that that's something that Tony Khan has realized that uh, to an extent, it kind of doesn't matter if you overhype something uh, as long as you're kind of like continuing to deliver to give fans matches like Punk MJF last week, uh, you know, Danielson Page, Danielson Omega, as long as the good wrestling keeps coming and as long as the fans are getting matches like that, and that Dynamite feels, you know, like an exciting show, I think Tony can continue to get away with this kind of pattern that he's doing, the kind of like over-promise, under-deliver, apologize-later thing that other folks have noted too. Um, I do think uh, that Tony does have a bit of a tendency uh, to think that he can get away with anything, frankly, uh, like we saw with that big swole tweet, um, which I won't get into on this episode just since that was a few weeks ago. Um, I think, you know, how, how you respond to things like this matters. And I think, you know, it is pretty clear that Tony, uh, Tony Khan can be a little tone deaf sometimes and also kind of seems to have this capacity to think, um, that he can get away with anything. Um, I think how you respond to things like this, um, it says a lot about you. Um, you know, I think, you know, hearing valid concerns from the community, you know, just about, you know, are wrestlers of color getting the same degree of opportunity um, in AEW? Um, I think hearing those concerns and responding, you know, with putting Jay Lethal on TV more and, uh, you know, making this big Keith Lee debut, if that's really what's happening, um, 
If that's your only response to those concerns, uh, that's ultimately going to be insufficient to folks uh, who are bothered about this. Um, And I think, you know, when there's so much of a focus, uh, you know, in terms of how people analyze AEW, uh, there's such a focus on that demo, that 18 to 34 demo. Um, I think especially when you're talking about uh, just that AEW does have such a laser focus on that demo. Um, issues of social justice actually really matter uh, to people in that demo. There's a lot of currency uh, when it comes to those issues and how you respond to them with people in that demo. Um, and so I think, you know, unlike, uh, you know, this thing that Tony Khan does, the kind of like over-promise, under-deliver, apologize-later thing, that would be Tony's... Brock Lesnar, eat, sleep, repeat t-shirt, it would be overpromise, underdeliver, apologize later with periods under all. I mean, that's a great shirt. Could someone please get that on PWTs? Because I would buy it. Um, I think in contrast to that dynamic, uh, I think if AEW continues to respond to these uh, valid concerns of uh, diversity and of equality of opportunity, I think if they continue to think that they can just kind of kick the can down the road uh, with those concerns and that they think it's adequate, you know, to do this like big Keith Lee debut, maybe put Jay Lethal on TV a little bit more. uh, It's not going to be, it's not going to be, it's not going to be sufficient, especially, you know, I won't get into the Jay Lethal stuff, but that was a joke. Uh, That was intentional. Uh, It's not going to be sufficient to those folks. And uh, so yeah, putting myself in Tony Khan's shoes. Um, you can get away with some of these things. You can't get away with all of them. And this would be an example of one of those things uh, that you really can't get away with. Uh, so yeah, given the face of the revolution aspect, I fully expect it to be Keith Lee tonight. Um, again, you know, I think it's funny because you can see people that are like desperately trying to make sense of this like green person on this graphic and figure it out that way. Uh, I mean, surprises like that, like this one right here, uh, it's, it's a great example of one of those things that just like makes wrestling fun and worth watching. You know, um, I think even if it is just Keith Lee and things go exactly how you expect they would go where, you know, he comes out, he wins his first outing, cuts a little promo, you know, with some jabs against WWE here and there. Um, that's a great moment for the company, honestly. Uh, cause Keith Lee is super talented, wasn't used correctly in WWE, uh, we kind of all sat and watched it, even, you know, those of us who barely watched WWE. Um, and that's, I mean, it is a great moment for, for AW if they have Keith Lee come in um, and, you know, show once again, like, hey, you know, like, we know wrestling. We know how to use wrestlers like this. Uh, this is another case of WWE just not getting it. Um, even if it is predictable, I think that's a nice, uh, that's, I think it's a nice moment for the company nonetheless. Um, regardless if it lives up to everyone's expectations today or not. Um, and again, you know, just that face of the revolution aspect, you know, it kind of seems to make it clear to me that it's someone like Keith Lee or, you know, maybe a Johnny Gargano as opposed to someone like, you know, Shane McMahon, or I saw someone mention the possibility of Samoa Joe today, um, who I would really like to see in AEW in some capacity. Um, just it's obviously would probably not be in a face of the revolution kind of match. Uh, you know, people say this all the time. 
I did want to talk about this a little bit, the idea of Samoa Joe being an AEW. Uh, and, you know, people say this all the time, but just that idea that the canon of wrestling as a whole is the canon of AEW, uh, you know, regardless of, you know, things that happened in WWE, Ring of Honor, it's, it's, it's all history in terms of how AEW uh, views its, uh, its lore. Um, and for me, you know, even if it's just like, him smiling and waving on camera a few years from now. Uh, Samoa Joe deserves to have a nice moment in AEW, frankly. Um, especially, you know, that idea of, you know, the canon of wrestling is the canon of AEW. Um, you really can't tell the story of professional wrestling, especially, you know, independent professional wrestling over the last 25 years. You can't tell that story without Samoa Joe. Uh, I honestly believe that, you know, Samojo is one of, you know, the like 10 to 20 people that you can say that about, um, which is exactly why Samojo deserves to have a run in AEW, honestly. Uh, I mean, you know, again, not to throw him under the bus too severely, but if they can find time for Jay Lethal on TV, I think they can find time for Samojo. Uh, Cause even though he is getting up there, he's proven in his recent WWE work that he still has it. Uh, you know, especially, when you think about some of the people that he could get in the ring with, you know, some of the same young people that CM Punk and Adam Cole have worked against, um, I would love to see it. And I do think that um, since AEW has embraced this role of like, hey, we're the wrestling company, we care about the history of wrestling, um, embracing that role comes with a unique responsibility. And that responsibility is to be a good steward. Uh, to the history of wrestling, which is exactly why bringing Samoa Joe in for something would make a lot of sense. And again, it's just something that I would really like to see. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing slab packs from Arena Club. Dot com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, 
and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Tonight, we also have a nice title match, um, which, you know, for a first title defense where, you know, typically with a first title defense, you kind of already know what's going to happen. They've really done a great job of making this Lance Archer, Adam Page match feel like a big match. Um, So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, There's also this inner circle team meeting, um, which, you know, is obviously one of those things that's going to inspire a lot of like really bad dad jokes about work um like uh you know like i can only imagine as a dad myself every other dad the second they saw this and you know oh yeah you know i bet sammy guevara probably wishes they just did this on teams (laughs) like it just these jokes write themselves people uh and incidentally chris jericho would be a terrible person on teams can you even imagine i don't want to think about it um, that's all I can find that's been announced so far, uh, as of recording this, uh, recording on a Tuesday afternoon. Um, I expect we'll get something about this kind of like just atrocious, uh, Brandy Rhodes, Dan Lambert thing, uh, which is just a tremendous waste of Dan Lambert and Cody Rhodes, frankly. Um, and is my, by far my new least favorite ongoing angle in the show. Um, I'm hoping tonight we'll get a little bit more Ricky Starks, uh, who, you know, for me, I feel like he's just as, if not more talented, uh, than a lot of the other kind of like pillars, uh, you know, aside from MJF. Uh, and I always wonder why we don't hear about Ricky Starks more. You know, I know he's been injured, but he's kind of back in the mix now. Um, and you know, for me, pound for pound, uh, I mentioned this on a last show, you know, maybe at some point I'll do like a underrated or underused AEW wrestler list. Uh, for me, Ricky starts is number one with a bullet in terms of people 
that they're currently underutilizing. I know he's been hurt, and they have done a good job of keeping him around, keeping him on commentary, keeping him in the viewer's mind. So obviously, you know, they realize what they have in Ricky Starks. I guess I'm just getting a little bit impatient that he hasn't been uh, given more to do lately. Um, I would also love to see an update on my favorite ongoing angle, which is uh, Andrade, uh, his ongoing attempts to purchase uh, Darby Allen. I'd like to hear a nice little update on that. Um, and is, are we kind of getting to the point where maybe we need to kind of throw it out there? Uh, you know, is is the Sting partnership still something that's helping Darby Allen at this point? Because, uh, you know, at this point, he feels so far out of the mix uh, just because he's just been kind of being Sting's buddy uh, since losing that that uh, that full gear match against MJF. Um, I would love to see Darby kind of like back in the singles mix. And so if that's what this... Andrade angle is building to, I think that would be wonderful. I guess my concern is just that this Andrade thing is building to um, an- yet another buddy tag match with Sting. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that sorts itself out. Uh, the word I would use to describe Dynamite tonight is intriguing. Uh, that's the word, intriguing. Uh, there's a lot of intriguing things uh, going on from you know seeing how this CM Punk MJF angle continues to you know, seeing what this big announcement is, seeing, you know, if um, this Page Lance Archer thing will immediately kind of dovetail into this program with Adam Cole, you know, where him and his faction come out after it's over and will we get some movement in that angle? Uh, again, there's just a lot of intriguing things going on. That's kind of the word of the day. Um, so, yeah, I am obviously looking forward to tonight's show uh, and just the company in general, you know, I think we're really getting into, into a key stretch for AEW in the next few months. Uh, they're going to have to reconcile what to do, you know, with the stars that they've been building this whole time, um, while continuing to integrate, uh, you know, some of these ex WWE guys. Um, and I know they've been doing that for months, but you know, we've seen fairly recently, uh, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, uh, and Adam Cole all lose their first matches. Um, and it's, it's kind of one of those situations where, uh, in this dynamic, the second loss is kind of more important or more interesting to me, uh, you know, to see, you know, these guys have all lost once, you know, like who's going to beat them for the second time. Um, you know, how do they navigate going forward now where it's not just like, all right, we've brought you guys in, you know, why don't you put, you know, a couple, one or a couple of our guys over, uh, how does that feel, you know, come the second, the third, the fourth time? You know, how will Punk, Danielson, Cole, how will they respond, uh, you know, to that second loss? And I would throw uh, I would throw Malachi Black in there, you know. Um, who's a, uh, uh, I know he lost against Cody, but it's kind of another situation where um, to navigate these second, third, fourth losses of these WWE acquisitions, I think is just a, it's a, it's a key moment for the company going forward. Um, just where do they go from here and how do you strike that balance between, you know, protecting these guys, punk Danielson Cole, which you do need to protect to some degree, uh, but navigating, protecting those guys while building your stars and building the company at large. Uh, that's really the, that's really where things come down to brass tacks. And we've seen, um, We've seen other companies get to this point or close to it. Uh, probably not the same success, but at least the same kind of like longevity in terms of, you know, the three, the third year of a company like this. Um, 
And most companies don't make it past this little patch that AEW is coming over uh, this year and, and next year in terms of, uh, you know, what do you do with these stars that you've built? How do you then go and make even more new stars? And how do you keep these kind of recent acquisitions happy? Uh, that's the business of, of, of wrestling, of creative work in wrestling. And um, again, the word is intriguing. Uh, to see kind of how these things uh, resolve themselves. You know, this is kind of the the difficult third act of AEW is kind of what they're coming up on here. Um, I have a lot of faith in the company and the people involved, and uh, I'm interested to see how things go, you know. Um, I do have a lot of faith in the people involved, people like Evil Uno. That's right, folks. This week's words of wisdom go to Evil Uno, who I saw uh, was very excited about uh, his new action figure. Well, Evil Uno, uh, this week's words of wisdom are for you, and they are um, just that uh, having an action figure of yourself is one thing, but what about having two action figures of yourself? Where, Where does it stop? about if you are like He-Man and you have a battle cat that you can also ride on? Do you have any thought about that? Where does it stop? Where, where can you finally say, this is me, I'm Evil Uno, and I 